Thanks to Factor for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Factor delivers delicious, fresh, never frozen meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes. Head to factor75.com slash applebits50 and use code applebits50 to get 50% off. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong, your host, a.k.a. BTZ, doing it nice, slow and easy. Welcome, everybody. Hey, this is the show where we talk about all the latest and greatest Apple news, the big stuff that happens in the Apple world and also the greater tech world as a whole for reference. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a regular, welcome. If you've been here from the very start, from way, 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 way back, Big welcome to y'all. So we're going to jump right into it again. We're going to talk about the newest released, revealed at least, not official, Apple iPhone event date. So we will get right to that. But before we do that, hey, we got some orders of business. First of all, you want to be a part of the show. I love hearing from y'all. All you got to do is record a voice memo. Send it in to Show at gmail.com. That's AppleBits with A-Z. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, issues that are bothering you, issues or concerns, things you like, whatever you want to talk about, just send it in, AppleBitsShow at gmail.com, and we'll talk. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all my content. It's how you support this podcast. It starts at $2 per month, $5 is like a cup of coffee if that's the value that I bring to you. There's the 10, the 25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. What does it get you? Early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. And we've got a great community. We do a monthly live stream Zoom call only for Patreon. We also have another Rings challenge coming up that I'm cooking up. So I think you, uh, I'm trying to acquire, acquire the prize giveaways because... I'm hoping that I can get three of something special. I got two, but I'm trying to get three. So stay tuned. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. All right, let's just jump into things. And we know that the iPhone 15 event is near September is always when it happens, typically in the first two weeks of September. Well, the latest report, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, claims that the iPhone event is expected to happen on either Tuesday, September the 12th, or Wednesday, September the 13th this year. This is in his latest Power On newsletter. And this would then, typically, you get pre-orders on that Friday, which would be Friday, September the 15th. And then typically, the launch happens one week later, which would be September 22nd. So if you're looking at your calendar, we're talking either the 12th or the 13th for the iPhone event. And then also, we'll hear about other things there. The iPhone isn't the only thing that's going to be talked about. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to showcase the new technology and software upgrades to the AirPods, which they just scratched the surface on with them at WWDC. And I think that out of all the products that are getting kind of a transformative change just through software, one of them is easily going to be the AirPods Pro 2, specifically with the H2 chip. Another one that I think could be interesting is, you know, we don't talk about it enough, but CarPlay could start changing how we interact with cars a little bit when we're talking about the ability for people now to instantly add a song to the queue when every when you have, let's say, three or four people that have iPhones that are connected to CarPlay at the same time. So it's a more community-based driven music playlist for road trips. That That adds kind of a different layer to how we interact with that. And then if I say AirPods, 
CarPlay. I, I would I would say those are probably the two biggest software things. And then again, TVOS is also changing. I mean, I, I this is the year where yes, not as many big groundbreaking hardware is coming out in 2023. We know Vision Pro is coming out in 2024. But if you're looking at how Apple is approaching software, and let's be honest, during the pandemic years, like typically a product's life cycle, what we see has been in the works for two, three, four years. I do feel like last year and this year's crop of products have been directly affected from multiple companies, not just Apple, by the pandemic. And so now we're starting to see that people, yes, they're going to complain, oh, they're not doing enough. I'm like, do you, do you remember what we were in? I'm not giving, I'm giving, honestly, every company a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And if people are saying, ah, it doesn't feel like we've seen much, I'm going to do air quotes, innovation in the past two years, I'm going to say, yeah, I agree with you, but there's probably a reason for that. And all of a sudden, everyone forgets. And when I look at comments that we were in a pandemic just a couple of years ago, it's like, come on now, let's let's just slow your roll. So we'll see how this all comes together. But iPhone 15 event, we obviously know a lot. I mean, I've talked about it so much of what we expect to see, right? Obviously, a new A17 chip reportedly will get thinner bezels for some of the pro models reportedly the iphone 15 and iphone 15 plus will now come with an upgraded 48 megapixel camera previously a 12 megapixel camera so there's gonna be a lot of improvements just purely from the camera perspective on the entry level base model 15s then you go up to the pro max which is expected to get a periscope camera which would allow for a larger five times the six times zoom to really change the composition of your shots. Yes, I said thinner bezel, processor, USB-C port on all models, dynamic island on all models, and then this customizable action button a la Apple Watch Ultra on the Pro models as well. Those, I guess, would be considered the bigger changes, and then a titanium frame with reportedly smoother curved edges. I say all these things, and still when I look at it, Yes, okay, there'll be an action button on there. I am still in the camp where the dynamic island just hasn't changed my experience as much as I thought it would. I thought more developers would jump on board. They're getting there. I now get to see sports scores and ride share status on it, which is nice. But that's other than timers, music, sports scores, and ride share apps. Those are the main things that I've seen it being used for right now. And that hasn't become, for me, a transformative experience. I think live activities has become more relevant and more transformative than the Dynamic Island. And maybe that's just me. You know, I, I get it. There's cool little animations with uh, AirDrop. And, you know, when you're talking on the phone, you'll see a waveform. But is it is it kind of fun-ish, I guess? But it hasn't made me say, I, for example, I don't feel like I love my phone more because of the Dynamic Island. I remember I loved my phone more with 3D Touch, right? So I don't know where you all stand with this. I I kind of feel like I speak for a majority of people. And when I say this and I connect it back to the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro lineup, I don't see that many people. Let's say, of course, it always depends on where you're on the product lifecycle, where you want to upgrade. Now, I'm going to say anyone who has an iPhone 10, that they should. this would be a good year to upgrade because... The software and the operating system doesn't even support an iPhone 10. It's 10s and higher, and then I believe SE2 and higher. So 
from just that pure standpoint, if you have a 10, yes, upgrade. If you have an 11 and you're happy with the triple camera lens setup, of course, the camera has definitely changed and gotten better. I mean, my lady has an iPhone 12 Pro, and we can definitely see the difference in the photos and how they deal with dark light and color balance. And some people don't like the processing but uh, that Apple applies, but still from a 12 to a 15 Pro, it is significantly better. So if the camera, if that's an appeal for you, okay, maybe do the upgrade. But, you know, if you're at a 13, if you're at a 14, I'm being honest right now, I'm not, I'm not so sure you need to update. You need to upgrade. In fact, I think most people will not. And of course, I'm going to buy one to review. That's what I do. But I know, you know, sitting here right now, there are certain times where I have not upgraded my phone before when I was, you know, not working independently. And the 4 to 4S was one of those years. Um, oh shoot, I forgot what the other year was. Was it a 7 to 8 was a year I would not have done it either? There's a couple of years where I definitely would not have upgraded. And this, especially a 14 to 15, feels like that. Now, some people might say, hey, USB-C, get, I'm in. Fine, I guess. That can help a little bit, but this is not something that is like, oh, this is a must get. In fact, a lot of the changes under the hood, uh, improved battery technology, um, even better camera optics are expected to come in the iPhone 16 Pro. And I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole, but if I was a 13 or 14 owner today, 13 Pro and a 14 Pro owner today, and I was looking to upgrade, I would, I would probably wait for the 16 Pro phone. Not probably, I honestly would, as a consumer, not as someone who reviews tech for a living. And I think, you know, my peers sometimes forget that. So that's where I stand with that. Again, September 12th to 13th, potential announcement launch date in Cupertino, which would lead to then the Friday the 15th being the pre-order day, and then September the 22nd being the product release day, if everything falls in line to how it typically has been year over year. Um, also, Apple usually sends out media invites about a week in advance. So we've got some time before anything like that happens. Uh, we also know we'll see Apple Watch Series 9, most likely Apple Watch Ultra 2, some more details about iOS 17 and the operating systems that come with that and AirPods as well. Uh, I don't know if we'll see any additional hardware beyond those core things, but there's been reports that an October event is coming. So if that's the case, bring it on. Very cool. Now, we want to also talk about, though, the new Macs, right? We've heard that new Macs are coming in in some time in that October event. And what we've also heard from Mr. Mark Gurman of Bloomberg is that Apple has started expanding testing of M3 Macs ahead of the rumored October launch. Now, we've heard multiple reports now jump on board and say, hey, we, we, it looks like we will probably see new Macs that are debuting the M3 for the very first time before the end of this year. Now, according to Mark Gurman's sources, the M3-powered Mac that's currently in testing is packing an 8-core CPU alongside a 10-core GPU. Now, this model is using 24 gigs of RAM, although typically the base model for a Mac Mini is 8 gigs, typically. Um, historically, and this eight-core CPU will consist of four efficiency cores, four high-performance cores. This is similar to the configuration that is lining up with what's currently available for the M2 Mac Mini. It's just that this version being tested, according to German sources, is likely just the base model with 
24 gigs of RAM. All right, so although the core counts are the same as the M2 core counts, the M3 Pro specifically appears to be getting a little bit of a slight boost as well. Now, up to this point, in total, there have been on record six different variations of M3 powered Macs that have actually appeared in third-party developer logs because a lot of times when Apple is testing these machines, they'll visit different sites or apps and then a new machine with a new ID number pops up and indicates to people, hey, this is a new machine that we haven't seen yet that hasn't been released, but we don't know exactly what it is, but we can see some of the specs. So, so far, an M3 13-inch MacBook Air has been found on logs. An M3 13-inch MacBook Pro has been revealed in logs. A uh, M3 iMac has been revealed in logs. And how do they find it? There's code name and identifier numbers that exist that align with the different product lineups. And then one of the numbers changes, which would kind of signify, oh, the next generation of it. We also have an M3 Pro and M3 Max 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pros that have popped up on logs. And a possible M3 Mac Mini, which is the new computer that was recently just reported on by Mark Gurman as well. So that's six different pieces of hardware that have potentially been shown to be testing right now by visiting different apps and developer logs. And the M3 chip itself, we know they're expected to use the three nanometer fabrication process, which means more power, more power efficiency, better chips all around. And this will feel like the next generational jump. You know, an M1 to an M2 had about 15 to 20% gains in performance. So nice, but not not anything nearly as significant. We expect this M1 to M3 jump to be a lot more significant. Maybe, I don't know what numbers they'll be using, but if they are dramatic enough, they might say an M2 to an M3 has this big of a jump. Or if they're not as big, they, they would use the M1 as a comparison, quite honestly. But we're expecting these to be pretty significant. And then obviously these changes in upgrades and speed and power will trickle down when you talk about the M3 to the M3 Pro to the M3 Max to the M3 Ultra. But the expectation is that we will see M3s by the end this year, but most likely not at this Apple September event. Now, also, Apple recently announced their third quarter earnings call of 2023. That was back uh, just a few days ago on August the 3rd. That's covering the second calendar quarter of the year, okay? But the third fiscal quarter. So during the call, they... You know, there's a lot of insights to be gathered here. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is, oh, baby. Do you, do you know what category is saving Apple's lunch right now? Which product category? If I let you guess, think about it. Uh, of course, Apple's iPhone has always been, you know, a dominant category for them. But if you didn't know, iPhone, iPad, and Mac revenue all dropped during the quarter across all three categories. iPhone revenue, although still very hefty, was down to 39.7 billion compared to 40.7 billion in the same quarter last year. Okay, so $1 billion difference. iPad revenue was 5.8 billion. That's down from 7.2 billion a year ago quarter. Um, Mac revenue was 6.8 billion down from 7.4 billion a year ago. So, and Here's when we talk about Mac traction, I don't think we're going to see as large numbers around the Mac only because 
the M1 and M2 transition has been so good. These machines are not overheating, which is a lot of what causes trouble and issues with performance and breakdowns. These machines are running very cool, very efficient. You know, these are the most reliable Macs that we have seen, which is great for the consumer. And from Apple's standpoint, not that they want to, they're not in the repair business, but it is part of their business. They aren't seeing nearly the same amount of repairs because of how good the the chip transition has been. So I think they'd like to see their revenue go up because they'd want more consumers to jump on board. But the Mac audience itself, you know, it it is more limited compared to, or it just doesn't, it hasn't grown as much. And we know how many PCs and Chromebooks are out there. And market share from from that, from the PC market hasn't changed that much. And PC sales continue to, in generally decline. So what was the product category that is, you know, you almost say like swooped in and saved the day. An all-time revenue record came from services during this quarter, driven by more than 1 billion paid subscriptions to Apple. So services revenue was $21.2 billion. That is up from $19.6 billion in the year ago quarter. Subscriptions, according to Apple, have grown 150 million in the past year and have more than doubled over the last three years. Remember, it was a, it was not too long ago, I think five or six years ago, where Tim Cook said, "Hey, we want to we want to double our services." And now, look at this: when the hardware sales have dropped, and we know that I don't, I don't. Of course, the iPhone is always going to have big numbers, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a revenue decline when the iPhone 15 drops compared to the 13 to the 14 versus the 14 to the 15. I mean, let's be honest. These categories are so mature. People are not spending the same way they spent before. I mean, you always have those vocal early adopters and that community that is really loud, but they do not represent, they arguably might represent like three or 4% of the actual phone upgrading audience, maybe five. I'll give them 5%. But I don't know many people that upgrade their phone every single year other than my peers, seriously, in, in the in the tech creator space. It just doesn't make sense. Um, some of the other notes that came from the earnings report is that also when we talk about the Vision Pro, Apple's Tim Cook said that they are very excited about Vision Pro and everyone who has gone through the demos have been blown away, said Cook. We're looking forward to shipping it next year. I talked about in last week's episode about developer labs being open, developer kits being sent out to developers. So we're finally seeing progress there and hoping that we can get some really incredible things. The other category that Apple saw growth in was wearables, home, and accessories category. So that's pretty much bundled together. That brought in $8.3 billion up from $8.1 billion compared to last year's quarter. Two-thirds of new Apple Watch customers during the quarter were new to the product. And I've continued to talk about how the market penetration and adoption for Apple Watch isn't anywhere close to how many iPhones are out there. I I remember it was hovering around 25 to 30% adoption of how many people that own iPhones actually own an Apple Watch. Trust me, Apple would love to get that around like 50 to 60%. And that would be huge for them as well. So services, and then you bundle wearables and home and accessories together. But we know that's really been driven by wearables, uh, by Apple Watch. Those are the two categories that have come in and swooped in and saved the day for Apple. So 
big thing, big things popping. I mean, overall, if you talk about Apple's overall revenue that posted uh, for the quarter this year in 2023 was $81.8 billion compared to revenue of $83 billion last year. So it was overall down. But again, services and wearables, you know, closing that gap from what happened with phones and tablets and Macs or phones and iPhones, iPads and Macs. So we'll keep an eye on it. But man, they, that's that's the thing about Apple. There's They have diversified themselves in so many ways. And I think the Vision Pro, although it will not be a gangbusters product just purely because of the entry level price point, that, that product itself, if Apple offers some sort of a Apple immersive subscription service for that headset or attaches specific content services to it that can be very special that that's an, that's another revenue generator for them you know i hear you hear about them putting their cameras their uh, 8k 360 you know cameras from their acquisition of next vr at taylor swift concerts during her eras tour that they're planning to use them in some Apple TV Plus shows. They're planning to use them clearly at NBA games and at soccer games. And who who would not want to experience now the fact that Messi is in the MLS, which Apple carries exclusively. They even had a specific revenue deal with Messi, Apple, the MLS, and Messi to get him over here. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's some exciting things happening just around Apple TV Plus and MLS and eyeballs and subscriptions being generated because Messi, of course, later in his career, now coming to play in the U.S. for Inter Miami. And, uh, I mean, it, it's fun watching the highlights. It's like, this dude's at another level. It, it, but, I, we, you know, you get it. I mean, wouldn't you come over seas for, is, is it around $750 million total with all, all the deals and everything, I think? Something along those lines. So Apple has a lot of opportunities with the Vision Pro to add on more subscription services that help drive and make up for these declines in other hardware areas as the market changes and evolves. Very, very, very cool. All right, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, Factor. Factor delivered me the freshest pre-prepared meals that I've ever had. Dishes like sun-dried tomato chicken and turkey chili and zucchini. They hit the spot because they're always fresh and never frozen. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for a wholesome, convenient meal to support sunny, active days. Well, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track reaching your goals. Factor offers delicious, flavor-packed options to fit a variety of lifestyles from keto to calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and protein plus. Each chef-prepared meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. Now head to factor75.com slash applebits50 and use code applebits50 to get 50% off. Too busy with your summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too while still getting flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warm weather. Ready to feel your best while making the most out of your summer adventures? Stick to your wellness goals with premium, ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients such as broccolini, leeks, and asparagus. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta, shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon ready in just two minutes. Now, every meal I had was legit tasty, 
and good. So head to factor75.com slash applebits50 and use code applebits50 to get 50% off. That's code applebits50 at factor75.com slash applebits50 to get 50% off. All right, we have just a few more stories before we wrap things up. We know we've heard all the rumors of the Apple Watch Ultra 2 potentially coming in a dark titanium color. I put in my most recent video that stirred up a lot, you know, stirred up a lot of buzz in the community because everyone's kind of, you know, there's a lot of people that were on the fence that didn't buy the Apple Watch Ultra that wanted a different color, and I think that Ultra 2, look, I'm going to be real with you. There is a segment of the Apple fandom that gets mad and upset when they don't buy something. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's one of the weirdest things I've seen in just fandom period when people literally get mad or angry at a company when they don't give them a good enough reason to buy something. I I, I don't even know many companies that have that pool other than Apple today. Maybe maybe a, a long-running franchise of a video game. I, I just don't know. It's It's wild. So, the Apple Watch Ultra 2 generating a lot of buzz with a potential chance. No one has said that it is actually coming, but the thinking is there might be an Apple Watch Ultra 2 with a dark titanium color option because there isn't expected to be much change with it. Now, the Apple Watch Series 9, according to some Weibo leaker, which is a Chinese blog that has leaked out a bunch of stuff in the past that some has been right, some has been, wrong, some has been incorrect, but the report says that the Apple Watch Series 9 will basically be unchanged the current model other than a performance improvement now we know that the series 6 and series 7 and series 8 chips have been the same chip inside it's been a you know system and package just because it is packaged a little differently because of the different uh models but the actual processing power you know based on an apple uh, a13 bionic chip from the iphone 11 line are based using a what it is, you know, we talked about a three nanometer process for being a lot more efficient and powerful. These are based on the seven nanometer, seven nanometer process. Um, so we'll see, even they could get some energy saving gains by going up to kind of one of the more advanced processes. If you talk about something like the A14 Bionic chip that uses a, the five nanometer process, which is what has been on all the phones up until what we expect to be for the iPhone 15 lineup. So you might you might get a little bit of you know power saving gains, but you know I'm not expecting to see something like hey you get one more day of power saving. Like I don't think so. So you know according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, the S9 chipset will be based on the A15 Bionic chip in the Apple Watch this year for the Series Nine. So again, some improved performance and efficiency. But I used even the Series Seven watch. With the latest Apple Watch, or sorry, Watch OS 10 beta, and that is even a year behind of the Series 8, and it flows perfectly fine. I don't feel like it's laggy at all. It doesn't feel slow at all. So we'll see what happens, but according to this report, the Apple Watch Series 9 is not expected to really get any major changes other than some of the internal processing to give it a little extra boost, and then a second generation Apple Watch Ultra Seems likely that we will see them and they'll both have similar ref refreshes. Maybe a new color option will be introduced as well. Uh, some rumbling said, hey, pink for the Apple Watch Series 9. Not a rose gold, but an actual pink color. And then maybe this dark titanium or I guess we could call it like a space gray type black color 
for the second generation Apple Watch Ultra. So, so look out for those. We'd heard in other reports that Apple was working on a minor spec update for the iPad mini. And according to leaker shrimp Apple Pro, that we could kind of echoes that a seventh generation iPad mini is in the works and we could potentially see it sometime this year as well. You know, there's a few people that have been hitting me up and saying, hey, what's going on with the iPad mini? And if you want to hear iPad mini news, this is this is what you're getting. So, you know, the most likely upgraded feature will be just kind of like the latest 11th generation iPad, a chip upgrade. Uh, we already know that the current iPad mini is a USB-C device, so it's already ready to roll with that. We could get connectivity upgrades like a Wi-Fi 6E and Bluetooth 5.3 as well. Um, we know that's in the iPad Pro models, but it could be pretty likely that you know, you're getting a lot of this under the hood stuff that sees itself over to the iPad mini. So we will find out, but those that's what's been rumbling in that area. Also, if you didn't see my most recent video, Ming-Chi Kuo, longtime Apple analyst, says that suppliers will begin likely mass production of a second generation AirTag sometime in the fourth quarter of 2024. Not this year, but next year. Now we have the current AirTag launched in 2021, priced at $29, but Quo says he believes this new AirTag, this new second generation AirTag, will have better integration and specifically is targeting not only better um, ultra band connectivity, but part of this is also with the upcoming Apple Vision headset that it becomes part of its spatial computing ecosystem. Now, Ming-Chi Kuo didn't have any details, but you can imagine if you have AirTags, if you have an iPhone, if you have AirPods, if you have even multiple computers at your house and there's a Find My app and you happen to have the Apple Vision Pro on, that there would be some sort of visual cues and indicators of where these different devices are in your living space. Now, I'm not going to put on a headset just to find my things, but it could be helpful. I do have to tell you that I did lose uh, one of my set of my keys somewhere in the house and the AirTag that I had on it, its battery had run out. And so it's somewhere and hopefully I'll find it one day. But until then, it's legit lost. So the the new ultra wideband technology currently in the AirTags, it's using the U1 chip. And so the assumption would be that this U2 chip would be coming and not only for the AirTags, but also the you know iPhones as well. So iPhone 15 models would come with a U2 next generation ultra wideband chip and AirTags would also come with a U2 ultra wideband chip. Not the band. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Apple Bits XL. Hey, we gotta go, but before we go, big thanks to our Platinum Apple sponsor supporters at the $100 level Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Glenn Canales. Thank you so much for your support at the $100 level. And thank you to all of you who continue to support this show at all different levels. And I'm going to tell you, uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, and uh, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of time, but I'm just saying, Patreon supporters, we're going to do something super, super duper special for you um, for some time in early 2020. 24. That's all I can say. So if you want to support, you can support and you can find out what I mean by that. I'm not just dangling a little carrot like 
I'm, I'm speaking the truth. So thank you everyone for all of your continued support and allowing me to do this. It is incredible. That's going to do it for this week's show. Until next time, we'll see you. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.